You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter and Instagram, although a lot more popular on Twitter. If you thought the Young Bucks would win tonight's number one contenders battle royal and go on to face Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the tag team titles, that Darby Allen would get his revenge against Sammy Guevara and the inner circle, that Chris Statlander would find herself in the title picture against Nyla Rose, and that Cody would defeat Wardlow in their steel cage match, well, it turns out AEW Dynamite was, was as predictable as ever. We opened with a number one contenders tag team battle royale with everyone running to the ring. Nice touch. But of course, this undermines the entire rankings thing, which is pretty, pretty stupid. Uh, why not do this in order of rankings? Have the worst teams first. But nope, nobody thought of that. The Dark Order was not anywhere to be seen early on, which was a little weird. We had Jack Evans going for a big spot and getting a group el- elimination, which uh, was pretty good. I didn't really dig the whole rule that one member of the team could go out, but you had to eliminate the other member, and it played into the finish of this match, which I'll get to, but I thought it was really, really stupid. When you eliminate one guy, the whole team should be out, but maybe that's just me being a WWE guy, but it really became a problem because Jack Evans goes out so early, and the other half of two hybrid whatever crew is just kicking around, and I forgot he was there, and he just got knocked out like nothing five, ten minutes later. I don't know. Private Party uh, ran their Silly String, uh, got an elimination off that. That was very cool. The Dark Order finally entered the match late, which was pretty appropriate. Attackiness SCU. There was a promo partway through where their PR flack, is the only way I could describe them, pointed out that Christopher Daniels wasn't there, which... Okay. And that the Exalted One would be near... And then their goonish members jumped in. They went after SCU. I believe they eliminated SCU. The Bucks, though, didn't just demolish them like they were nothing, which kind of undermined the entire angle. And Scorpio Sky did attack uh, the SCU members at ringside. So you had uh, Evil Uno, you had Grayson, you had the PR Flack, and all of them got attacked there. That was great. Santana and Ortiz were just hanging in the out- on the outside and I don't understand why someone didn't just go out and get these guys. And it turns out the strategy would work because they would be two of the final competitors in this match. Which, again, highlights how nobody would think to put them in, which is really stupid. There's some nice stuff from Jungle Express here in terms of their elimination. We had uh, Shima, and uh, excuse me if I got that wrong, was uh, offered a Dark Order mask. And he just kind of took the mask and walked away. Not really super excited to join them not really repel just kind of like oh this is cool maybe and I, I don't think in wrestling a maybe is what you're going for you want polarizing you don't want a lukewarm angle so this is a problem we continue with this battle royale uh phew, I'm losing my place here with uh, so there we go the Lucha Bros, uh, we also found out at some point in this match, would take on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega later for the tag team belts. And hearing this, I was just like, really? I would have rather just seen the Lucha Bros in this match. Nick Jackson uh, started dominating, and I realized, okay, the, uh, the Young Bucks are going to win. This was the moment where it's like, okay, we, we know where you're going. They eliminated Jackson, and instantly you're like, okay, now Matt has to overcome the odds, and it's going to be a cliched finish, and that's exactly what we got. But before that, we did get a Luchasaurus, and I think the Butcher, that was very cool. Uh, the best friends, 
popped in. They were literally invisible until this point. I was very upset that Prodigy, I mean, uh, Orange Cassidy wasn't there. At least at this point. And I did like that they sort of, you know, had an elimination off a hug. JR thought there was a rivalry emerging between the best friends, the Bunny, the Butcher, and the Blade. I don't know where he saw that. Of course, JR said this too early because a few minutes later, Bunny low-blowed Cassidy, who was trying to make another save, and Trent got eliminated, and, and it made a lot of sense. I, I, JR didn't need to telegraph that. So he came down to Matt, Jackson, Santana, and Ortiz. And we had this dub sequence where Jackson just became Superman. He took out Ortiz, took out Santana, took out Sammy Guevara, and he won. He won. For a team that calls himself the best and always loses, in this moment, Matt Jackson was the best and just dominated everybody. And we might not ever see that again. And I just, I hate it. I hate it as a finish. It's so dumb. It's so unnecessary. You didn't have to do, you know, you could have just had Matt and Nick working together, getting good eliminations, having near situations where they came back. But this, this, I hated this. I hated this. I hated this. And, and Centeno and Ortiz, not a team very entrenched in the tag team division. And plenty of other teams could have had this spot at the end. Things did not get better as Britt Baker was on commentary. Her mic was hot as she mic'd up. I don't know if everybody picked up on that. But you could hear the mic ruffling around her hair as she put it on. Uh, the camera showed her before she said a word. That was stupid. And was clearly not ready. She was there for Shauna versus Chris Statlander. And maybe it's Shanna or Shana or Sharina. I don't know. Um, I forgot she was part of AEW. And this match really didn't help much. We saw Statlander on Dark just the night before. I know it's taped a week in advance, but this was the same thing with the Young Bucks. Like, we gotta sort this stuff out, guys. You can't have somebody on Dark right before they're on Dynamite. I don't care if you tape it a week in advance. Like, organize your matches. And we got the beep-boop kind of thing, and if you don't know what that is, Statlander basically, kind of like E.T., will go up to a referee and tap him on the nose. I say him because it's always the same bald referee, and they need other referees to be beep-bopped. That bothered me a lot. Chris Statlander, of course, won. There's no, not really any quite. I don't think Shanna at any point convinced me she could win this match. <coughs> Britt was there. She made some lame coffee jokes. She was otherwise completely invisible on commentary. Again, not a good spot for Baker. And pretty much a non-factor this week, which is, you can't win. You just can't win with her. She had that one great promo, and she should just be a action speak louder than words kind of bad guy, but bad girl whatever nyla rose then had a video recap uh and then finished with a graphic with no audio that's cool went to commercial break we go from a video package of nyla from a commercial break to her coming out for an interview this all felt like advertising nyla came out tony shivani who guess he interviews everybody because they don't hire anyone else to do interviews anymore because aw she said that this was all an unjust the, the t- she said the title was justice which i was sure what she meant she should have been the first AW champ. Well, okay, at least I understood that, so we're getting better. She should be the highest woman on the roster. Or look, women could be paid the same as men. You could ask for that too. Um, but waiting made her hungry. And when she gets hungry, she breaks bitches. Not the best line ever. Not the worst line ever. But just kind of typical AEW, let's throw a swear in because this promo is not good and this promo was not good. And the swear will pop people, even though bitches is not a swear. Uh, you know, it's like, 
a half-assed swear, and half-ass is also a half-ass swear. Like, I honestly wish you'd just break Tony Schiavone. That would be much better, and we could have Taz on commentary, although I've got something to say about that later. She went on to say she represents unbridled power, which I enjoyed because it remind, reminded me directly of Emperor Palpatine's unlimited power. And I just wanted to say that on the podcast. She said no one could stack up to her. Chris Danlander then walked up and basically stacked up to her uh, and beep bop the title, which was adorable. And Swole just came out and flex. Weird flex, but okay. Uh, I don't even think Swole, Swole is a... I don't know what her ranking is. I don't think it's top three for this title. And, and Baker's down at five, and she was on commentary. But whatevs. We then had a recap video of Jeff Cobb, because I guess now it's unlimited recap videos. Uh, Jeff Cobb uh, was taking on Moxley. Taz was on commentary for some reason. I guess it turns out he Googled Cobb and wanted to tell us all the stuff he found on Wikipedia today. Moxley still has the eye patch, uh, still hasn't healed. I kind of appreciate his dedication to the bit, but I feel like this is too much. Sammy, Jericho, and Hager, definitely definitely not in that order. Had bought tickets, the old cheesy cliche. The champions need to buy tickets. Moxley, of course, won this match. I was never in doubt at all. And he got attacked after. Dustin ran down, of course, because he wants to beat up Swagger. This wasn't enough. Lights go out. And legitimately, the only surprise, maybe on this entire episode, Darby Allen comes out maybe a week earlier than I thought. Although, you know, the pay-per-view is two weeks away. So now that I think about this, it makes a lot of sense. He managed to even the odds with the skateboard against four guys. Uh, It was very nice of Cobb to just kind of take a five-minute break while he was hitting everybody else. And uh, that was pretty much it. The Lucha Bros then took on the Tag Team Champions. And yeah, this had a 60-minute time limit. I don't know why. There was 46 minutes left in the show, and you had promoted a cage match in the main event. I don't know who you're trying to fool with a 60-minute time limit. This was definitely 20 or less. Uh, or whatever. Maybe it was a little over 20. I don't care. Uh, and this 10-second tag team rule where you can have your partner come in for 10 seconds and do whatever he or she wants. Terrible. Uh, the commentators had to acknowledge it. It was so awful here and over the top. The wrestling here was stellar. Don't get me wrong. Lucha Bros are great. Hangman Page... Uh, Hangman, yeah, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, excellent. There was some good dissension spots here, and I did legitimately doubt that the tag titles would change hands. This was like the only moment in the show where I thought the the result was going to go a different way. So that was a highlight. But of course, they just turned it around and won. So we will get the Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Page, what all of us thought would happen. I don't think anybody was holding their breath thinking that Santana and Ortiz were going to face the Lucha Bros. We then got a video about the action figures AEW is going to be selling. First of all, the figures look terrible, and I am now forever grateful for how carefully WWE does their product placement, because this was smashing you over the head of these action figures. Here's your action figure. Oh, it looks like me. Here's your action figure. Oh, what detail. Ugh, jeez Louise. Uh, we also found out next week, because we weren't advertising enough with this action figure promo. They went right into next week match, next week's promos and all that crap. We're going to see a 30-minute Iron Man match against Pac and Kenny, which is great because I don't even think Pac was on this show. So we'll just make him an anchor of next week's show because uh, who needs consistent storytelling? We're also going to have the best friends take on the Butcher because uh, the bunny low-blowed Orange Cassidy, which really should not amount to anything, but sure, throw him in a tag team match. I guess. 
We also had the tag team title match confirmed. Uh, duh. Jeez, like, I, why? Why? We know this match will happen. This is, uh. We got a video package. And I wish I could have skipped this. But we did learn that you cannot win from escaping the cage, which made a spot later in this match all the more confusing. But I give AEW credit for this. I like that you can't win from escaping the cage. Although, Cody could have just said he didn't want to win by escaping the cage. And Wardlow could have still had that as an out as a way to make Cody's position more dangerous if he lost and didn't get the match with MJF. So actually, there's a better way to do this, but I still appreciate this. So we got the match. And look, I give him credit. The cage looked different. I like how they set it up. But dear God, was Wardlow's music bad? It was just like, war, war. And then I guess the joke was it was Wardlow. But it's not a joke. It's just, uh, Cody came out with Brandy and Arn with him. There was a picture-in-picture with 10 minutes left in the show. And, and, like, I don't know what it is. Like, are they really running commercials every 10 minutes? Are they running 12 spot blocks during this two-hour show? Is that what's happening and I just don't realize it? Or is it just that they didn't time it well and they had one of those blocks at the end? I, I gotta keep an eye on that, but it's very interesting. Tweet me at Blavi87 if you've been counting the spot blocks. Cody just got way too bloody here. I found it disgusting. There was the predictable spot where instead of hitting Cody with the door, Arn Anderson swung it at MJF. This fired up Cody, and Wardlow was then given the ring by MJF, who countered with a low blow, took the ring, used it. MJF then got upset. He started climbing the cage. Brandy smacked him with the chair. He came down to maybe have an altercation with Brandy, and Arn Anderson thankfully stopped him, threw him into the barricade. Cody didn't get quite enough of the crossroads for the win, so he climbed up on the cage, did a sick moonsault at the top. I give it to you, Cody. Awesome moonsault. Uh, camera work, not as awesome because, you know, they had an overhead camera. They didn't use it during the salt. They used it while he was standing up there. Big mistake, but that was quite good. That was AEW Dynamite. And look, okay show, but 90% predictable. And if you're going to be okay, at least surprise me. And if you're going to be predictable, at least be great. Not bad. But just, meh, I saw it coming. Tweet me at Balalv87 on Twitter and Instagram. Peace out. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 